I don't know about you, but I've heard those D&K Musings fellas are a pretty good duo. Indeed they are, George Chapel. They're not uh, fiction as well. <laughs> well, it depends. What kind of our legends are sometimes <laughs> fictional. Hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, that's George Chapel. I'm Keith Stone. This is George and Keith's Musings. Uh, we talk about pop culture and things we like. Last week, if you've listened to that, we did fictional duos. And this week, it makes sense to do non-fictional duos slash humans. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Where we are, and as I look at my list, I think they're, they're all human. Okay. So I think that's, I complied. That's good. Now, George, I was very disappointed. I, uh, I wanted to make this list kind of current, you know, so the 20-year-olds would know uh, these yeah. people, and I wanted to be, you know, contemporary people, and I'm looking at my list, and there's only two that <laughs> are still, like, still out and about as a non-fictional duo. I, I look at my, I might even have one that you might say is still current. So yeah, I might even be older than yours. So I, so what that tells me is that they're not making duos like they used to. <laughs> you got, that's absolutely true. Right? I mean, yeah, my goodness, know. I could, I could go like not prior to 1970, I could probably list a hundred uh, duos. And then after that, I've, I've got very few. It's, it's frustrating. Well, it's crazy. I, yeah, I think that's why this, this uh, you know, these, these G&K Musings guys, I think, are going to start a new trend and will be entering a new era of, of high-profile duos. That's true. I didn't research the podcast area so much, and, <laughs> and I thought it would be egotistical to list us, yeah. although <laughs> certainly we would we would nudge out whoever I have at number one, but, you know, people start, people start to get jealous and they hold grudges and we don't, we don't need to do that at this yeah, point in our career. Yeah. It becomes, it becomes a whole, whole scene. Yeah. We, we can, there, there's enough scenes going on. We can, we can avoid that. Right. All so right. with that, I, I forget who's, who's up first with the number 10. I, I think you go first this week. Okay. So why don't number- you go first? Number 10, um, they are from a genre that I be, that I now nobody else on my list is, and it's going to be Barnum and Bailey. Oh, okay. Um, Good one. The uh, starters, I don't know if they're the first circus, but certainly the most famous circus. Yeah. And um, um, P.T. Barnum, and I don't know Bailey's name. George Bailey, maybe, but <laughs> yeah, could be. But um, so uh, you know, circuses. Everybody, everybody likes circuses. They don't have circuses anymore. You know, Peter got all over that. So forget that. But yeah, um, they got no good duos to, to lead a circus. No good duos. That's right. Like if the you know if, if the Jones brothers had a big big circus, then I could consider putting them on my list. But I <laughs> I can't do it. Could be the the genre, the area of their expertise doesn't even exist anymore. 
and and that duo was uh, big enough to to put a movie out last year that that Greatest Showman because I think that was about uh, Barnum and Bailey. There you go. That should have brought it all back. Yeah. All right. All right. What do you got? Well, I'm going to the world of baseball. I know I, I you know, you know how I, how I love the game. And I'm going with maybe the greatest duo in the history of baseball. Sure, there's a lot of going there. You know, there's Koufax and Drysdale. There's Fon and Sane and Pray for Rain. But I've got here probably, without a doubt, the greatest three and four hitters in the history of the game. They were so great. They were even, that was even their numbers. I got number three, Babe Ruth, and number four, Lou Gehrig. Uh, Ruth and Gehrig would just instill fear in any pitcher that that had the misfortune to come up against them. They were the heart of Murderer's Row, one of the most famous lineups in baseball. Uh, And in their personalities, they couldn't have been more different. Babe Ruth was this, you know, that's this fast living, beer swilling, hot dog eating, uh, you know, uh, you know, loved life kind of guy. Lived in the fast lane. Lou Gehrig, kind of. I think you know, kind of like, you know, probably went and stayed home with his mother on Sunday nights, and uh, was you know like <laughs> the old, the old, the altar boy. So they were very different people, but they were, I think, the greatest one-two punch ever in a, in a baseball lineup. So I got Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Okay, now, before I ruin it and talk about it anymore, do you have any more baseball duos on your list? Uh, not baseball players. How about I say, well, well, yeah, I, I'm not, okay. Okay. I'm going to withhold comments. Okay. Well, okay, so if you're not baseball players, but yeah, I was going to be a homer, and I was strongly considering – Number ten, I was going to put Trammell and Whitaker. Sure, but but um, I thought that was too homeristic. And again, our listeners in Seattle and Miami would say, "Who? <laughs> Who are those guys?" And then um, and then you've got guys like Mantle and Maris. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Mantle and Mays. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can go with the baseball. But yeah, obviously Ruth and Garrett. That's huge. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you're number nine. My number nine is going to be Pat Sajak and Vanna White. <laughs> okay, so um, I got a current duo, and uh, you, you know you wouldn't think of them hardly at all unless you're a big Wheel of Fortune fan, which I am not. But um, they've been together for I don't know twenty five. 30 years oh. doing that show. Yeah, and uh, you may recall they went on the air together when we were still in college. So that gives you, tells you how long that. Oh my God. There wasn't even, a, we didn't even have color TV back then. <laughs> I know. They've invented all these new words since they've been out. They started the show. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Back so, with, okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm going with. Pat Sajak and Vanna White at number nine. Okay. Uh, okay, number nine, I'm going, this is, uh, well, this might, these two might be tied for the oldest two on, on my list, but it, every, every school kid learned about these two when they learned about the expansion of the country, I'm going with Lewis and Clark. 
Lewis, Meriwether Lewis, and I don't know, I can't remember what Clark's name was, Dwight Clark or something. He later played the 49ers. Uh, yeah. But Lewis, uh, Lewis and Clark uh, uh, got the charge from Thomas Jefferson to go to go west and explore the continent that, that basically European civilization knew very little about. Uh, you know, they they had you know they didn't do it alone. They had uh, they had some uh, Indian guys who went with them. You know, Sacagawea, the most famous of, of them. Yeah. Um, but but those those two together kind of like uh, opened up the country uh, to the rest of us. So it, it made it made the expansion of the of the country possible. Um, and so you know, and every, everyone knows Lewis and Clark, right? So they're my number. They, they've heard of them. They may not know exactly. What they did or when they did it, but yeah, people yeah. know Lewis and Clark. Sure. All right. Well, um, well, what when when did they do that? What year? What years uh, were they? Was that eighteenth century or nineteenth century? It was very early in the nineteenth century. It was after uh, after Thomas Jefferson negotiated the Louisiana Purchase, which I think in eighteen o three, and they made their journey. Uh, you know, in the in the years following, but it was during it was during Jefferson's administration, you know, like okay. the first, first decade of the 19th century. So, you know, more than 200 years ago. All right, my number eight is the last of my people that you can still go and see, and it's Penn and Teller. Oh, all right. Uh, the the magi- magician comedians, and uh, Sarah and I actually saw them in Vegas, okay. and. Uh, they're very good, and um, so, you know, like back in the day, I won't name any names just in case you saw, but there's, there was a lot of comedy teams, and I was trying to think of any now, and I, and I couldn't. I couldn't think of a comedy team. No, you're right. So, yeah. although these guys are really magicians, they do it in a funny way, so I think they would... Um, you okay. can put them in either either category. I've now I've never I've never seen him. I think I've seen him on TV do do a few things, but that's like Penn is the he's the big guy that does all the talking, right? And Teller is like this little guy that never says anything. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't talk. So a guy named Teller that doesn't tell you anything. About all right. Him. Yeah. Okay. I, exactly. And Penn's this <laughs> Penn's this big gruff guy with a ponytail, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good one. All right, all right. Number eight, you 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 might balk at this one, and and that that's a bit of a pun as as it as it turns out, because this is the only two on my list that aren't specific people, although they are nonfictional. Uh, so bear with uh. me. But my number eight is our pitchers and catchers. So yes, if I had any more baseball on the list, I said, well, in a way, I do. But I'm going with pitchers and catchers as a great duo because not only are they the most important duo on a baseball team, but especially if you live up here in Michigan or up anywhere in the north, when you're getting into February and you're in the middle of the winter and you're, you're sick and tired of all the cold winter, and when you hear pitchers and catchers, you know baseball's on its way, you know winter's on its, on its way out, and, it's, and pitchers and catchers, not only are they incredibly important on a baseball field, but they're kind of like the first harbingers of spring. So pitchers and catchers uh, as a duo uh, says a lot more to me, even than just baseball, but they're, 
They symbolize the end of winter. Boo! <laughs> Boo! That doesn't count. Why don't we do uh, uh, Nazi prison camps and guards and, and Jewish prisoners or uh, <laughs> American soldiers and Vietnam, North Vietnamese soldiers? I, I guess that would be rivalries, but yeah, I don't know. That's way too General George. <laughs> general George. But, okay, so it, it's your <laughs> list. Yeah. If you, if you want it to be questionable and go down in history as, well, that's a stupid list. Well, you could do that. That's fine. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. When I, you know, I, I, always, I always reviewed these lists with my, uh, with my agent, and, uh, you know, who I also happen to be married to. And yeah. My, my agent was not happy with pitchers and catchers either. But she kind of said the same thing. Well, it's your list. You want to go with it. So I'm, I'm going with it, and I'm sticking All with right. it. All right. So well, then she can listen to this and see that you got properly chastised, <laughs> and she will have a "I told you so" on her face. Oh, well, she gets that on a daily basis, anyway. So, well, I know, I know. Yeah, but this is verified by me, so right. that's even better. <laughs> okay, number seven, okay. dangerous if you have diabetes. It's going to be the ultra sweet Donnie and Marie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, technically, they're still around. I mean, I don't think they're still Donnie and Marie anymore, but. Well, Ooh. Marie's always gaining weight and losing weight and going on TV. I can't keep yeah. track of her. And I don't know what Donnie's doing, but okay, so you got me in a technicality. Yeah. They could possibly tour together. But, um, you know, that's a, a duo I don't care for, but everybody knows Donnie and Marie, right? Oh, yeah. And and she's a little bit what? Country. And he's a little bit rock and roll. Yeah, that's right. That's so there you go. Country and rock and roll. Okay. And oh, it could be rivals. So also. Yes. Okay. okay, seven. Now I now I remember them. Yeah, they had that that show. Actually, they were you know back in the seventies. The seventies was kind of like the decade of duos on TV. I mean, there were a lot. You could. I don't know. I don't want to send any spoilers out there but there are a few others that you could probably put on this list well and you might hear one here pretty soon uh, well we might but i'll we'll, we'll let that one go okay, okay. My seven is also another one that kind of touches into baseball they're they're not specifically baseball and i promise this will be this will be the last time i reference baseball on here okay uh, i've got abbott and costello bud abbott and lou costello uh one of the one of the greatest comedy teams of all time, uh, back in the golden age of comedy teams. And what is Abbott and Costello most known for? They're known who's on that. first? Who's on first? Who's on first is such a classic routine. It's just one of the it, and you you hear it, you, you still hear it all all the time. Is you know you know if somebody. It just in passing says who's on first, and then you, you know, even if they're not trying to make a joke, the logical response is always, "Oh, what's on second? And it was right. all, all made possible by Abbott and Costello. But not only, not only for for the classic who's on first, but they had some of those, did some great movies together. I think they did like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, and Abbott and Costello meet Dracula, and the you know, and the Mummy, and all that, and and. Uh, they're just a, a great comedic team, great timing, and uh, and I, I thank them for who the, who's on first. Yep. Well, I'll do you one better. I've got Abbott and Costello 
as number five on my list. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I agree with you for all those things. Um, the who's on first, obviously, the big one. And I remember on uh, like Saturday mornings, they would used to have like various old movies on, and uh, like once a month at least, it would be an Abbott and Costello movie. Yeah. And so I watched a lot of those, and you know, they're nice and clean for a seven year old kid to watch, so it was good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So that was your number seven. That was my number seven. So I'll do number six. Okay. And you might have to do six and five. I don't know. Okay. But anyways, okay. this is back to the Donnie and Marie um, similarities. And it is Sonny and Cher. Hey, they had a show in the 70s too. They did. And now they cannot perform together anymore because <laughs> old Sonny Bono is not a good enough skier. No, he's not. No, but Cher's still out there and looking pretty good for, I don't know, what is she? She's got to be late 60s or even 70s. No, she's got to be in her 70s. Yeah. Because I think they were, they had, they were doing, I think their first hit was like 1964, 1965. So, yeah, she's got to be 70-something. Yep. So they had the Sunny and Cher Variety Hour, you know, just like Donnie Marie and yeah. Paved the way for shows like Carol Burnett and all that stuff. And um, so that was their thing. And they were, and they were very popular singers, but they, I think the, the show kind of really made them popular. Oh, oh, definitely. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. So that, so that was your six. So I'm, I'll do my six. I'll do my, I guess, my six and five then, huh? Yep. All right. My number six is a, a very well-known acting duo. Uh, they were both very good actors in their own right. They did some movies. Uh, they did some solo movies. Uh, but they're probably at their best when they were together. And I think they did like six or seven movies together. It's Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Uh, you know, they, they were probably most famous for, uh, well, well, I don't, I don't know. They were, they were real famous for uh, The Odd Couple. They were the first, uh, you know, the movie version of The Odd Couple. and But then they probably got uh, equal fame uh, later as Grumpy Old Men, and they did Grumpy Old Men 2. Uh, they did a couple of lesser movies, but I think they you know, The Fortune Cookie was another movie they did. Um, but, again, uh Great chemistry. You can you can you could really tell that they liked each other, even though in basically every movie they did, they were kind of like at war with each other. But uh, but but great great chemistry between the two. So I got that's I interesting. Okay, yeah. I would only think of them as um, you know the odd couple, but that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, then I guess that that I'm, I'm still up, aren't I? Cause yeah, you had, you're still you up. You had Abbott and Costello at five. Yep. All right. So my number five, uh, it's, it's another L and M pairing, but I'm going to the musical world this time. And I know they're not, they're not two of your favorites, but I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to them anyways. Uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney uh, did, you know, wrote most of the songs for the Beatles. They were a prolific songwriting team, even though it's, it's largely considered they didn't necessarily write together. They, they got credit for, uh, for, uh, for the songs. And, uh, you know, and then the two of them together were kind of like the duo that, that led 
arguably the greatest rock band of all time, but that w- that was another list, so we won't we won't rehash that list. But uh, Lennon and McCartney, I think, uh, were were a great great uh, both songwriting duo and uh, and you know musical collaborator. Now you're painting me with too broad of a brush there, okay? By saying that I don't like them, <laughs> I I was never a fan. I don't. I never listened. I didn't like the Beatles, but yeah. I absolutely recognized their greatness and their you know how they contributed to music for <laughs> my entire life okay. so definitely Lennon and McCartney and um and right, I might well, prove I'll, that I'll, too I'll pull back my broad brush a bit then okay good yeah go to a narrow little paintbrush or something, a little like a oil painting brush a little, or little more detail okay I got it yeah Okay. Okay, so that was five for you. So yep. now I'm up with number four. Yep. Okay, it is the Wright brothers, Wilbur and Orville. Oh, yeah, they were they pretty significant. Couple. Pretty important guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, first airplane started out with a bike shop in Dayton, Ohio, and then they started. I don't know how they decided they wanted to fly a plane, but. Um, I've been to Kitty Hawk and saw it out there. It's not not much to see. There's like an obelisk for a monument for those guys, but okay, um, they proved to be pretty darn important uh, first guys to fly. So, oh yeah, number four are the Wright brothers. Well, and if you if you look, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of of the you know the state quarters. I've got a, I've got all the state quarters in the book, and they actually yep. had to show up twice. On two different state quarters, when you because you look at the back of the Ohio quarter, it says, you know, Ohio birthplace of aviation. They got the Wright brothers and and Neil Armstrong there. Okay. And they show up again, I think, on the uh, don't they show up on the North Carolina quarter too? Like, well, that would be where Kitty Hawk is. So yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, they're on on they're represented on four percent of all the uh, state quarters out there. Holy mackerel! Yeah, that's uh. They should have checked that with each other before they did that. Yeah, you think they both yeah, both states wanted to claim them. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's good stuff. All right, good. I like All it. Right. So now we're to your number four then, okay. right? Yep. So my number four, uh, back to the world of music again. And who could I who would I have? What musical duo would I have that's the, that's ahead of Lennon and McCartney? Well, I'm telling you, I got these two guys, Simon and Garfunkel. Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, they were kind of like, they had their heyday right around the same time as the Beatles, but they were strictly a, a duo. Uh, had a whole whole string of hits. Um, I think they kind of had a falling out eventually, and they came back into the big concert in, in Central Park. And uh, But uh, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of great songs, um, very good harmonies. So I got Simon Garfunkel at number four. All right, I must be grumpy today. How can you put Simon and Garfunkel ahead of Lennon and McCartney? Well, because I think Simon and Gar—I don't know—because I think it's Simon and Garfunkel does was just Simon and Garfunkel. Now, if Lennon and McCartney had, if 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 their group was called Lennon and McCartney, I probably would have rated them higher. But maybe it's maybe it's so maybe it's just a uh, semantics thing. But uh, boy, okay, all right, okay, George, whatever. <laughs> All right, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, I thought about them. I said they suck. I'm not gonna <laughs> put them on my list. So, 
you know, hello darkness, whatever, something, whatever. Okay. Well, well hey, you you've already you know noted how much I love the movie the uh, the graduate. I haven't didn't even mention that, but they were like the whole soundtrack for the graduate, so they get bonus for that too. Ah, okay. It's a graduate thing. Got it. Okay. 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 Number three, um, perhaps the world's most famous criminal duo, Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Yep. Um, I probably, I probably know their last names, but I can't think of them right now. Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow. Okay, good. Yeah, they were never married, yeah. um, but they were quite a pair and um, world famous and well known. And I figured I'd throw some uh, some criminals in there. I've got people from all different kinds of uh, of the world here on this list, don't I? I you sure do, and uh, yeah, uh, and you don't discriminate just because someone breaks the law. That's that's nice to know. You're... Uh, they're they're. Well, we're going famous duos, and uh, there are yeah, two were, of them. And they were they were famous to get a, have a movie made out of, out of them. So, all right, that's right. Okay, that's right. All right. So my number three, my number three. I'm 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 kind of outside the box on this one, but but stay stay with me again because I really believe in this one. Uh, it's I'm going to the world of movies again, but I'm not talking actors here. I'm pairing. The director Steven Spielberg, with the musical scorer John Williams. Steven Spielberg and John Williams go together like peanut butter and jelly, and you know they right from the start with Steven Spielberg, you know first big blockbuster with Jaws. John Williams had that that real classic shark theme, and then you go on to uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They work together again. Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, uh, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Just like whatever you'd see one, you'd, you'd likely see the other. And I, I can hardly imagine a Steven Spielberg movie without a John Williams soundtrack. So Now, didn't John Williams cheat on him? Didn't he do Star Wars stuff, too? Uh, he did Star Wars. Uh, he with, also with did, George uh, Lucas. He did Superman, so he did he did a few things that weren't Spielberg, right? But I think when when those two were at their best, I think is when they were working together. So uh, okay, that that is here's the box, and then way over here is George's <laughs> idea. But I like it. That's, that's good. Okay, I like to think outside the box from time to time. Good we gotta, man. We got to keep people okay safe. for the. Uh, Beatles hating crowd out there. Number two, I've got Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> Number two, baby. Wow. And uh, because of my, I acknowledge, like I said before, I said they may not, but in my cup of tea, all those Beatles songs, but the, all the influence they had on every artist since then, um, I could not deny them a spot way up there on my list. So, you Take love that, Simon. I do. I love those guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's the shocker of the whole day for you, Lennon and McCartney. That that is, yeah. I, you you kind of got me on that one because if I was going through and trying to pick my what what list is Keith going to have, I would not uh-huh. have Lennon and McCartney on there. So okay, I know, yeah. I know. Here I here was. I thought I thought you hated those guys, and it turns out you you love them. 
I do. I've been hiding it all these years. All right. My number two, I know you've probably been waiting for me to come out with this one. This is probably the one. If you were to do your, what George is going to have on his list, it's going to be kind of a look to him last week a bit with Butch and Sundance. I've got Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Yeah, that's a good one. I I love those two together. You know, again, they're they're a couple guys that have had a lot of success apart, but I think they're just at their absolute best when they're together. And it's I can't I still can't believe that they only ever did two movies together. They did Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and they did the Sting. But those are two of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, They were both directed by the same guy too. They were both directed by George Roy Hill. And, and I just, you know, I know that they always kind of like talked about doing other movies, but they didn't want to just do a movie to do a movie. They wanted to, you know, the script to be right. And I guess they never found it. So, so they just did the two movies, but they were so, so good in those movies. Uh, The chemistry was, was incredible. Um, And so, uh, yeah, Newman and Redford, you knew they were going to be on here somewhere. And I got number two. I thought you were gonna go butch the sentence, but thanks for not embarrassing me and saying yeah. <laughs> they're real people, dummy. You can put them on your fictional duos. Well, but, and, uh, well and and it would it would fall in line with you putting criminals on your list as well. But I got to tell you, I don't know enough about them, so I want with I want Newman Redford because I can get two movies in there. Now, um, I they both weren't in all the president's men, or or was nope. neither one of them in there? Uh, Robert Redford. It was that was Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman. Ah, uh, ah, yeah. Okay. Ah, Bach. Okay, good yeah. deal. Okay. Okay, so number one. Now, here's where the controversy starts, George. Okay. Um, you and I are both Christians, and uh, if you're not, then you're gonna think this list is garbage. Well, my number one duo is going to be Adam and Eve. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, pretty famous uh, in the Bible, in a, in a famous book, right at the very beginning, too. Um, um, so Yeah, I've heard of them. It, that is outside, uh, outside the box, even further than yours was, probably, but... Yeah. Um, like and our talk, Muslim talk list, about old. you you are uh, the oldest people. Uh, uh, I do. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, and all our Muslim listeners are going to be up in arms. But um, sorry, so it's what but, I believe. So okay. Okay. I'm going with Adam and Eve as the most famous uh, nonfiction duo. Okay. Well. You know, I thought my number one was going to end up being the oldest on this list, but it's 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 clearly not. Um, but when I was thinking about what makes a really great duo, I've got these two guys that were, you can almost put them on the rival list because they were political rivals their whole lives, uh, but they had tremendous respect for each other. Uh, they became lifelong friends. And they were instrumental in the founding of this country. So you have you have an Adam on yours, but I've got an Adam as well. I've got John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. These two uh, who did not see eye to eye on on a whole host of topics, um, 
you know, if they were alive today, Adams would probably be a Republican and Jefferson would probably be a Democrat. But they were the ultimate in like reaching across the aisle. Uh, they're a great example of what can happen if if you have some political differences, but you agree to put those aside and work together and actually really, truly put country before party. And you can actually uh, do something amazing. And Jefferson and Adams did something amazing. They were they collaborated on the Declaration of Independence. They signed it. They were instrumental in founding this country. They were both presidents of this country. And they maintained a lifelong uh, friendship. Even though they were, they were uh, political adversaries, they were still a great, great duo, uh, great friendship, and exceptionally instrumental in the founding of this country. Yeah. Very good, George. That's a good one. Now, this was our weirdest, I think it was our weirdest list ever. Um, <laughs> it could be. We only agreed on one. We are yeah. all over the map. Um, uh, and I'm so, I thought for sure you'd have Sonny and Cher on your list. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I thought of them, I think I thought of them, and I, didn't even, I don't even have them under my honorable mentions. I don't know, I don't know what happened to them, but. Okay, I have four honorable mentions. Okay, have you got a, a boatload, or what do you got? Oh, I've, I've got I've got a dozen or so, but I you know. Most well, of, let me most... just run. We'll just run through mine. I got Trammell and Whitaker, which I already said. Yep. Um, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, I got that. I, I didn't want to go back to that well because we already had Abbott and Costello on there. Yeah. Uh, how about this one, Siegfried and Roy? I I've got them. Yeah, they're honorable mentions. Okay. And my last one is Cheech and Chong. Oh, I didn't have them. That's a good one. I didn't. That, that's probably one of the more recent comedic duos. And you know, they were I know, like seventies and eighties. I know. That's how. That's how far back you have yeah. to go. I don't. I just don't get it. Well, I've I've got uh, actually I got another comedic duo from about the same era. I got Aykroyd and Belushi. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I got Doris Day and Rock Hudson. You know, just the old gal just died, so I'll, I'll give her a shout out there. Yeah. From the world of sports, I got Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. I think that was a great duo. Yeah, that's a good one. I gave that some thought. Um, and uh, and just because I like a, a good movie musical, I got Rodgers and Hammerstein. Oh, I got and and Ben and Jerry. If you like ice cream. Oh, Ben and Jerry. That's a great one. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Good stuff. But okay, it's very good, George. Um, I like how, there again, audience, you can tell that we don't think about these things ahead of time <laughs> because we are all over the place. Or maybe that's evidence that we do talk <laughs> about it ahead of time. We say, no, you can't have uh, Cheech and Chong. I want Cheech and Chong or whatever. So, yeah. But yeah. trust me, it is the former. We do not talk about this. Stuff. Yeah, we, we don't want to have any any great uh, podcast controversies out there, right? Of, of colluding on these lists because right. yeah, there's no collusion. Okay, so I want you to run <laughs> over to Gretchen yeah. and tell her, yeah, pitchers and catchers didn't go over too well with Keith. <laughs> you were right, dear. <laughs> I'll so let as soon as you hang up. What, All what, right, buddy. Yeah. Okay. No, I will talk to you next week, I would think. I would think and, so. All right, buddy. Have a great one. Yeah, you too.